I'm going to talk a little bit about what's been going on the last couple of years. Most of you know this story, some of you don't. Um, so just going to be a quick kind of back to the future kind of um, speed through since we got here to Washington three years ago. Lucas was one. I don't know if, if you've met him. He's the redhead that runs around here. Um, and so the plan was move up here, buy a house, settle down and have another baby. Um, so a year goes by and nothing was happening, um, but I knew in my gut something was off. Um, didn't know what, sort of tried pushing down my providers, saying we've got to find um, something because nothing's working. Everything should be working. We have one son. Why can't we have another child? Um, so we, after probably about six months of digging, we finally found the culprit, which was a benign tumor on my pituitary gland. Now your pituitary gland is an amazing piece of, I don't know, design. Uh, it's about the size of a pea and it lives right in the middle of your brain behind your sinuses there and it's responsible for pretty much your whole endocrine system. So all your hormones and everything. And what was happening was this benign tumor, just a big lump, was pushing just enough on that pituitary gland to cause things to be out of whack. Um, so um, the doctor was like, well, if, well, before this, she was like, if it's there, don't worry, we can take a pill, it'll shrink and you'll be right as rain. Well, it was bigger than planned, so it involved surgery, um, which happened uh, last February, yeah, last February, um, and had, I mean, it was... It was a pain, you know, in the ICU for two nights and all that, because technically brain surgery, although they go up through your nose and into your sinus cavity, and it's quite incredible how they do it. Um, I felt very thankful that it was being done today, not 15 years ago, because they used to have to, like, open up your jaw and go up through your mouth, and really graphic. Um, sorry. <laughs> but... Um, so, but I had a really supernatural recovery, I had no pain, I was home feeling fine, I just had to be careful how I sneezed for a few days um, and how I coughed, but um, my body kicked right into the gear, everything was balanced out, all the blood tests came back normal, and so I thought, great, we're February, sweet, we should be pregnant by the end of the year, this will be great. Um, Nine months later, last September, I was pregnant. We found out and we were really excited and amazed at such a long-awaited promise finally coming um, coming to the surface. And so we started to share the news with family. I took Lucas even back to England for three weeks. And for us, that was really special to be able to share in person for the first time because all our news gets over video chat, FaceTime, everything. And, you know, it's nice to be able to go and deliver the news in person. Um, so I was there for three weeks, and but was glad to come home, and Robbie and I went for our ultrasound, and um, it was about mid-November, and so I was about, I was supposed to be about 11 weeks at that point, so we expected everything to be fine, um, but I started bleeding that morning. Um, went for the ultrasound, and it was like quiet, you could hear a pin drop, the tech was just spending all this time measuring and I just knew I mean I worked in the medical field for enough, long enough to know I can read ultrasounds pretty well and I was like yep nothing's happening no heartbeat no movement and it looked really small 
Needless to say, two days later, I miscarried at home. It was pretty much November 29th, so almost a year to the day right now, which just after Angie sharing like 10 years to the day last week, I was like, there's something on that. <laughs> like, we're a year later, almost to the day. So what I want to share today is really what's happened in the past year since um, having that sort of promise essentially stolen away um, right before our eyes. You know, I think there's some common threads that we can all go through, but I'm not going to talk about grief. I mean, grief is grief, and we are all going to go through that differently, and you can't even begin to kind of unravel that. So um, I'm not going to talk about that, but I'm going to kind of try and highlight some things that do happen and things to focus on. So... We're kind of just going to jump around a lot of scriptures. <laughs> I'm not really staying in one place, so just uh, bear with me. But First um, Peter 4.12, I think that's supposed to be 13 there, <laughs> not 12 to 3. Um, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal which is taking place to test you, that is, to test the quality of your faith, as though something strange or unusual were happening to you. But insofar as you share in Christ's sufferings, keep on rejoicing, so when his glory, filled with his radiance and splendor, is revealed, you may rejoice with great joy. And I love how it's like, when his glory is revealed, oh, maybe if his glory is revealed, then, you know, but there's a promise in there that, you know, we go through that. So basically, things are going to happen. Um, you know, we're told from the beginning, you know, you're going to face trials and tribulations in this life. But I, I know that as sons and daughters, we have an opportunity to grow in those times. We don't get to go through them the same way. When you have Christ in you, you can't help but not experience it the same way. So what does that look like? Um, I know for me, you start questioning some things naturally, you know, I'm like, okay, it's a testing point at that point. Okay, is God really who he says he is? For me, you know, I, I can say it for you and I can recite promises to all of you and we do that and we stand up here and we sing praises and stuff like that, but it's when these things happen that it really gets tested. It's not God being tested. I mean, he, <laughs> he doesn't need to be tested, but I think there's only... Um, at these moments that you can be like, oh, I don't have as much faith as I thought I did, or oh, there's a little bit of unbelief right there, and it's really hard to kind of um, reflect on that, and we can just be honest and, you know, and have some weaknesses in these moments and stuff like that, so... I sort of made this quick note this morning, I'll read it out to you. It was kind of um, inspired by um, Colossians 2, somewhere in the middle there. But um, it says, don't let these injustices in life distract you or intimidate you and lead you away from Christ's fullness and everything that he paid for. Kind of like how Angie and John experienced, like, is it going to, don't let it make you bitter, but make you better. You know, you don't let them distract you from what he really did. Because no matter what rubbish is happening in life, Jesus paid for that all and more. So it's kind of, um, it's just kind of refocusing and just kind of keep looking at that cross type moment. Um, 
so yeah, I feel that sim I simply couldn't grow in my faith, hope or confidence in Jesus without going through these life-changing moments in life. Um, and so, yeah. Okay, so I, for me, I identified two challenges that happened before I started really kind of um, honing in on capturing the vision again and having hope and stuff like that. And the first one is hope does become deferred. And I think kind of all naturally kind of go through this point. And it happens really subtly. Like I didn't realize it at the time and it took a word of knowledge up here and somebody highlighting it. And I just remember burning up inside and like, oh, that's me, you know. Um, Hope is an interesting word, it's an interesting concept, and I don't think we'll ever fully grasp how big it is. Um, you know, the definition is like feeling of expectation, desire for a certain thing to happen, but it's not just a feeling, it's not just, you know, a descriptive word, it's a person, it's Jesus. So technically when you've like deferred hope, what ha what the way I pictured it, what happened to me is, I was sort of on this journey, I got my hope, got my Jesus, I'm walking along, and then all of a sudden I let go of his hand and I sat down. And that's kind of how I had to picture what had happened because I just sat down and then was like, okay, well, um, I'm just gonna sit here and wait. Really, I'm just, you know, I'm, I know you can do it, but I'm not gonna kind of go through this journey and I'm not going to kind of walk with you and have that hope right beside me. I'm just going to like set it safely over there so I don't get disappointed and that sort of thing. And you kind of just detach. So, I mean, because hope deferred is postponing it. So um, having that lack of confidence, having that lack of faith and belief in something, questioning the whole journey, you know, I was going through this cycle every month. I was like, okay, this is the month. Yeah, we'll be pregnant this month, you know, and, and start and, and went each month. That didn't happen. It's really easy to get disappointed and disappointed and you end up on this cycle. And so what I hadn't realized that I'd sort of, um, I made up my own mind of how it was going to happen too, um, and just decided to sit back and wait. It's kind of a sense of you end up like losing the vision at the same time of what you were to hope for, especially if it was something that God's promised you something and then you get it and then it gets stolen but you know that he still promised you that. So then it's like, okay, is it going to happen again? Yes, of course it's going to happen again. It's hard to kind of get back into that vision. You know, without vision, the people perish. So it's like, it's all this connected mess of <laughs> hope and vision and faith and love and, and it's all wrapped up in Jesus. So, I mean, it's okay, but you need a new vision. You need to keep revisioning what was stolen. It's not going to intimidate God if your vision's so big. Like you can't intimidate him with your vision. I mean, he already knows what he's promised you. So it's kind of big enough for that. Um, I remember, it's funny how these faulty thinkings just sort of start coming up as you go through these things. And I remember sitting down with Angie one day and I said, it's weird, there's this sermon. I know I listened to it about six years ago. I don't remember anything about the sermon, but I remember the title was Hope Versus Hype. And I couldn't get it out of my mind. And so I knew Holy Spirit was trying to highlight something that I needed to cut ties with something that I received in that sermon 
that was kind of maybe not quite, was preventing me from fully stepping into hope because I was worried about it being hype. So I was, as I was processing this and sort of revisiting all that and trying to prepare for today, I was like, okay, really, like, what are the words for it? Because I'm very much a feeling person and stuff. I, I really find it hard to connect the words to all of this. So this might feel a little bit of a fire hydrant slash... Um, <laughs> Here's what I wrote down. Being excited and expectant for something to happen is not hype. It's the level of hope we're supposed to have. Because hype is when you exaggerate it for something that it's not. So I was like, oh, okay. It's good to have lots of hope. It's good to keep sharing it and having hope for something and being expectant and standing and declaring and praising. And then as long as you're not exaggerating it. And I was like, oh, okay. Of course, my heart is never to exaggerate it. So, I mean, it was never going to step into hype. But just, you know, I thought it was a good um, balancing act, right? It's all a balancing act. Second challenge for me is battling over God's timing. Oh, I am really hard at this. <laughs> really hard. Because, um, you know, we think we've got it all down. We know exactly when it should happen. You know, every month I'm like, oh, it's like, you know, this will be a good Easter present. Let's, you know, and oh, this will be a good, you know, so-and-so's birthday's here. It'll be fun to be pregnant and this trip's happening and let, you know, and you kind of get in your own mind of when it'll be great God's timing. Yeah, because it all works out that way. And, you know, and when you reflect, it's like, oh, that was all my stuff. It wasn't about what God needed in that timing, what he needed, when this baby would come in because of what that baby would need and in timing and has, you know, you can get a bit selfish with timing and so it's kind of hard. Um, it's my least favorite thing because it never feels like my timing and then hindsight's always beautiful, isn't it? Because then when it does happen, you're like, oh, okay, not about me, got it. Um, so, Let's see, where am I at here? Sorry. Oh, yeah. So if we're supposed to have childlike faith, I was thinking about this. How does a child view time? Because we're in this moment right now with Lucas, you know, between the age of three and four right now, he's kind of learning time. Not necessarily how to read the clock, but you'll hear him in conversation. He's like, oh, do you remember we did that last year? And I was like, that was yesterday. <laughs> oh, do you remember, you know, last week when so-and-so was here? I'm like, hmm, that was about three months ago. So I was just thinking about it because it's like, what if we were to take the same concept and that yesterday is the same as last year, same as 10 years ago, tomorrow's always going to be the same as, you know, three months down the line. You know what's amazing, though? What we don't see kids do. Yeah, they might get a little disappointed or whatever. But they don't lose confidence in you as a parent because you choose to set something aside for next week versus tomorrow. You say, oh, no, we're not going to the park tomorrow, but we're going to go next Tuesday. And hey, guess what? Cadence is going to be there. Oh, great. You know, and there's never that sort of disappointment of, oh, it's never when I want it. 
But there's always that trust in you as a parent that when you say, is, oh, that would be the good time then to do that because you've said that. So I was just kind of chewing that over the last couple of days and I'm sure it'll keep unraveling a little bit. Um, this scripture, I sort of had notes everywhere over the last year and so I was kind of looking at scriptures that were that I highlighted that obviously spoke to me something in that moment and this one regards to God's timing and waiting for those promises it's in Habakkuk 2.3 for the vision is yet for the appointed future time it hurries towards the goal of fulfillment and it will not fail even though it delays wait patiently for it because it will certainly come and it will not delay that really helped me <laughs> a lot because it's not that it's just sitting there waiting for me to do something it's still coming so how do you thrive in loss i was trying to find that common sort of denominator that is in everything and the only one i could come up with was jesus you go looking for the life. I mean, when things isn't, when something's not happening in one area, I just felt like I had to find where he was. If I couldn't see him in my promise that was taken, I had to find where he was. And so I went looking for life and Jesus, because where life is, there is Jesus. And where Jesus is, there is life. <clears throat> I'm going really fast. Sorry. You might get out early. <laughs> okay. So... One area was community. I really wanted to highlight that. Romans 14.1, accept those whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. Also focusing on those, just accepting those who are going through tough times, whose faith is being challenged. It's, you know, one thing that happens when you face trials and tribulations in life. I mean, it doesn't have to be losing a baby, but job, position, just getting intact in any kind of area of life right now. You really get to know who's there for you. Um, and that's a good thing. You know, it's okay, you know, that not everybody is going to, you know, come around you, but it's really good to know who is there um, in those moments. One thing, you know, <laughs> I put, this is funny. Uh, so one thing I was thinking about, just how, you know, you guys as a church surrounded Robbie and myself. You know, Angie on the phone with me, like, well, I'm literally pacing up and down my living room in labor pains, essentially, and just praying, you know, and everybody just praying, and hey, can I tell so-and-so? I'm like, yes, tell everybody, you know, I need everybody praying for me right now. Turning up here first Sunday afterwards and just letting us ugly cry all the way through worship, you know, <laughs> and not feeling ashamed of that, and not, and not like oh gosh, you know, but just worship was just going, and it it was great. You guys didn't get distracted, and you just let us wail and um, surround us with prayers and speaking life, and just you know, I remember most of the words that were spoken that day, and I remember especially like I think it was one of the Sundays Sean was down here from upstairs, and he was like you can let god have it i'm like what it's like just lay it all out have a go you know just get it all out of your system it's better to vent to him and share your frustrations than it is to ball it up and stuff like that and 
Yeah, same goes just in general. Just it was um, being okay with the fact that I could sit there and it's like, okay, I just know, I know he's here, I'm here, everybody's here, and it's okay not to feel anything, and it's okay to struggle through worship. And I, one of my favorite songs is um, "You Are Good." You know, you're the wind beneath my sails. You're, you know, that one. And gosh, trying to sing through that after that was like. <laughs> Okay, it, I mean, it just really challenges you, really tests your faith. It really just sits in there. Okay, are you good? Can I still declare you're good, even though what's just happened sucks big time? And I know it wasn't you, right? So it's like, hey, it just helps you realign those kind of truths in like deep down roots. Who is God really who he says he is? We stand up here and tell him, tell everyone he's a good father and he does this. And it's like when these things happen, okay, are you still a good father? What are you doing right now? Because where are you in this and that sort of thing? And so one place he is, is in the community. It's in church, it's in your friends and family. And don't bottle it up, um, whatever you do. So where is he? Is it his people? Surround yourself with healthy people who speak life and encouragement. And if they don't say the right thing, just brush it off and walk away. It's okay. (laughs) I mean, the heart is always genuine, you know, in wanting to say, you know, the right thing. And if it's like, oh, you don't tell that to somebody who's just gone through that. But they don't know. It's okay. It's okay. All right. Second, hope. I mean, you could just talk about this all day really but I'm going to try and sort of sum it up a little bit Romans 15 13 may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit you will abound in hope and overflow with confidence in his promises experience of your faith we know how that grows So hope for me was being confident and secure in who God says he is and waiting for those promises with full assurance that they would be fulfilled. For me, hope and confidence in Jesus are all the same thing. Having hope is being confident and if you lose it, it becomes deferred, go and find it. It's where Jesus is. So, where is he in hope? It's in testimonies. I, I just had to listen to testimonies. It just helped build that belief. It helps build that faith. It's in prophetic words. Just keep re-listening to them. Go and chase new ones. Um, I'll never forget the day before I found out I was pregnant last year. The day before, I'd taken Gracie. Most of you know who Gracie is. It was up here again at the same time. And I took her up to Citadel Church for their uh, fire and altar worship nights they had going on. And it was a really intimate time. It was really nice. And Pastor Tracy was there. Afterwards, Gracie's so bold. <laughs> I love it. She just goes up to him and says, Hey, I'm here from England. And blah, blah, blah. He starts praying over us and prophesying. And he says... As he's praying and prophesying over me, he says, oh, 
you're married with two kids? I'm like, no, one. He says, well, I see two. And I'm like, okay, yes, you see two. Next day, I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, that didn't happen, but he still saw two, you know, and just kind of re-listening to those things um, and just where people have breathed life into that vision, that promise that you're longing for, it doesn't matter what it is, People have spoken in it, they've seen it in heaven, they've called it out for what it is. Signs and confirmations, oh my goodness. They follow me around, those confirmations, and I was getting really frustrated with them because I would see a confirmation, I'd be like, hey, this is the month. Nope, not the month, all right, what was that all about? I just felt like, oh, that was like just teasing, what were you doing? And, and then, as gently as he does, he was like, no, they're just breadcrumbs. Like, oh, just little things just to eat. Fill your faith, fill your hope, know you're on the right track, and just keep following those breadcrumbs. So, um, church events. Go where his presence is. If you're not feeling it at home because it just reminds you of what happened or whatever, go to the church events. As we've partnered with so many churches around here. There's always worship nights. There's always encountering nights, that sort of thing. And just um, even if you don't feel it, go there because it's, it's where things are happening. You can hear things happening. You can see people... Um, songs speak to you suddenly in those little moments of just uh, they just come out of nowhere so that's kind of what I had to do growth this is a big thing that happens when we go through trials and tribulations in life Romans 5 2 let us rejoice in our hope and the confident assurance of experiencing and enjoying the glory of our great God, the manifestation of his excellence and power, and not only this, but with joy, let us exult in our sufferings and rejoice in our hardships, knowing that hardship, distress, pressure, and trouble produces patient endurance, and endurance, proven character, spiritual maturity, and proven character, hope, and confident assurance of eternal salvation, such hope in God's promises never disappoints us because God's love has been abundantly poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. So, when we go through these things, it builds something. Something grows on the inside. Those roots of faith and unbelief go down deep. Growth starts to happen, produces fruit. It produces patient endurance. It produces spiritual maturity. Um, we have the saying in our house, when things happen, you know, that bill comes in the mail you weren't expecting, or, you know, you find holes in the roof when it, winter time is right here on the corner. We always have this thing where it's like, okay, he's watching your reaction. And it's not from a, like, oh, he's gonna judge how you react and then not, like, deliver. But from we have a choice in that moment. Hey, are my son and daughter gonna respond because they're starting to get who I am? You know, how are they gonna respond and stuff like that? And so we we have this thing of, hey, he's watching your reaction. And we like look at each other and like, who's gonna cave first? Like <laughs> who's gonna react? You know, and when one doesn't, the other one steps in and you know, and that sort of thing. It's 
it was great when it came to finances, especially as a new believer. I mean, I wasn't saved when I met Robbie. We were saved shortly afterwards. And so this whole thing of trusting God was really like, oh, you know, shaky first years of marriage, you know, um, not earning very much, living in a really expensive college town in California and trusting him to provide. And Robbie's faith, he has a gift of faith and he's always like, it's okay, it'll work out. And I'm just like, Logic says no, <laughs> like <laughs> these numbers don't add up. And, and you know, I've, I remember, I forget when it was, but there was like one point in our marriage where the tables turned and I was like, oh, it'll be fine. And he's all like, what? And you know, <laughs> and it, for me, it just showed how far I'd come in my growth and that sort of thing. So where is he in the growth? He's in the fruit. So as you grow your character, you can't help but bear the fruit of the spiritual maturity that's happening. It's like when you're pregnant and that seed is implanted, those roots go down deep and signs of life start to show. Coming soon. When we started doing this, I didn't know. <laughs> and I was like, God, oh, are we gonna share this testimony in the middle of it again? A couple of weeks later, those butterflies, I started to get hope. That song, Josh Baldwin, Get Your Hopes Up, was swinging around in my head. I could not get rid of it. So I tested and there it was. We're 11 weeks now. <laughs> There's a heartbeat. Everything's looking good. So thank you, Jesus. So his timing, right? Talk about that. I didn't know I'd be preaching like six months ago. <laughs> I didn't know I'd be up here in that moment. But we knew this would be a testimony. And it's come at the perfect time. So... <laughs> So yeah, this was fun. <laughs> and uh, so I just want to pray and prophesy over if you have deferred hope for any reason in any situation that you're going through right now, there's something on the fact that right now, I mean, this year is being prophesied as a year of breakthrough. Most people have gotten to this point and been like, where is it? <laughs> I know I was. But the fact that as a church we're going through a transition and a new vision being released and this new vision and Angie's completion, I mean there's just a completion, I just can't get rid of that word, I mean 10 years and one year, there's a, there's a, there's a completion on that and they're each in the same. It can take one, it can take 10, it can take however long, but there's an opportunity today. So, gosh, I don't know where this is gonna go, but. <laughs> so if you've got hope deferred or lost a vision or had a promise stolen from you, I want you to stand up. It could be anything. 
struggling to capture any vision. Okay, Lord, we just we know that there's power in your testimony, Jesus. There's power in the words of your testimony and this testimony that we just shared this morning, that there is power in that. There's life in that. And so I just impart all life. I pray for heartbeats. I pray for seeds to go down deep. I pray for fresh vision. I pray, Lord, that they don't stay where they're at, but they grab your hand and they get up and they move in this journey, Lord. I pray, Lord, that their hope would be so big and so expectant of you to move that you would just be so honoured to deliver on that promise. Like it's just so delights in you to deliver in a promise that they're just like, oh, it's way too big, but I'm just going to throw it up there anyway. So Lord, we just thank you. Thank you so much for being here today. So we just speak fresh vision, fresh hope, Lord, fresh perspective in your timing, fresh perspective in Jesus, who you are as that hope. Pray for those encounters with you, those signs and confirmations along the way, Lord, those breadcrumbs that they just keep popping up. Lord, we pray that these people get encouraging words at just the right time, Lord. Holy Spirit, that you just lead them through everything. Thank you for the growth in your people and the growth in the spiritual maturity that's developing, Lord. Thank you that you never stop working in us and that you're always realigning truths that are in our hearts, Lord, and that nothing's too big for you to correct. So we thank you, Jesus, for the hope and the joy and that there's plenty of time by the end of the year to get things done. In Jesus' name. Just uh, this week, actually just yesterday, last night, we had a lot of family with us this uh, week, had a wonderful time, but I was headed to the grocery store and needed a few things, and I just got in the car, and it was just me by myself, been the only time I'd been by myself um, in several days, and I was like, oh God, I'm so thankful, I'm just, you're so good, but I'm like, all of a sudden I had this thought. My thought was, God's telling me, you know, it's like, I'm getting so excited to come meet with you. But it was like, you know how you can have such expansive thoughts in one moment. And my thought was this, God, I've known you as the comforter. You know, I've been in a season, I've known the God of all comfort. And, but I hear him saying, I'm the God of abundance. I'm the God of, showing off my strong arm, my, the God of coming through for you. And uh, the scripture that popped into my heart, God spoke this to me about five years ago, Genesis 15, one. This is when Abram is promised a son. And it's actually not verse one, but basically God says, I am your exceeding 
great reward. That's who I am. I am your great reward. I just feel like with there's such anticipation for the next season is a season of abundance. It's a season of promises coming to pass. I just want to add to what Helen's speaking and release over us that hope and that expectation. I mean, Jesus came as an infant, as a child. He was the answer. He was. That's the reason for the season is just that life coming forth. But we can just know with certainty that he's got good things in store for each and every one of us. So I just um, wanted to share that with you, wanted to encourage your heart and your hope, and I just can't wait to see this little baby grow <laughs> in Helen's womb and outside. It's going to be a great year. There's much good ahead. Um, let's just stand real quickly. We're going to be dismissed. I want to pray. and. We just turn our hearts to you, Lord, with such gratitude. Such gratitude. Lord, you're so good. God, you're so good. Your thoughts, your dreams, your purposes for us are so good. Lord, we just celebrate who you are. Lord, we look forward to seeing the God of abundance. The Jehovah Jireh, the God of provision for more joy than we could anticipate more celebration, more uh, salvations, Lord, than we could ever imagine, more health, more wholeness, more soundness of mind than we could imagine, more glory and greatness, God, displayed by you. God, I just ask that you would go with us this week. Holy Spirit, just whisper to us throughout the week just your good intentions, your great love for us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.